podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. And once again, I am delighted to welcome Des McLean to the studio. You're back. I am back, and it's a pleasure to be here. And we've just been catching up there for the last two hours, <laughs> talking about everything. And, uh, and the cameraman's going off his head, so we better start. We should have filmed all that. But it was it was good stuff. It was quality content. Yes. We've spoken on a Celtic State of Mind twice. Yes. First time round, we were going for the 10 days, let's not forget. And then the second time was a wee bit different. We were chatting about the, the now late, great Bertie Ald and the Bend It Like Bertie. So we're going to get a, a right um, update on everything Celtic mm-hmm. and everything Bertie yeah. and Bend It Like Bertie. S- sounds good. Let's think back to that wee conversation we had. You were out and about and we were chatting about um, Neil Lennon and going for the 10. Where did it all go wrong? As you said before, we weren't just going for the 10. It was a given. It was set in stone. It was the most concrete, assured thing ever. It was just a case of how much it was going to be one of the biggest. It wasn't just the 10. And then it just all fell apart. And remember that crazy weekend where this old firm game was the last thing to get cancelled? Nicholas Sturgeon, what are you doing? What are you doing? Everybody else has cancelled it. And we were going, for, we were going to Ibrox with a full squad. They were in trouble. They were, they'd just been beaten by Leverkusen and all that. And we, we thought... But no, I don't know. Can anybody really answer that question? How did it fall apart? We spoke about it on a daily basis um, throughout the season and we still don't have an answer. I think no. it was a perfect storm. Uh, death by a thousand cuts, some would say. A, a great man once said. Yes. Um, and of course, <laughs> we we had the introduction of Ange Postecoglou. Now, again, mm-hmm. when it comes to commenting on Celtic, I can't say I believed in him from the start because... I'm there every day speaking about it, Des, and I give my view and give my opinion. And I was very much of the view that we'll get back, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. back them, we'll get mm-hmm. behind them, mm-hmm. absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. But at that time, again, the club seemed to be in a bit of a shambolic state. Look at us now. I remember you saying that, you saying we have to speak about Ange. But you weren't alone. I remember I was in a big group chat, we've all got our WhatsApp group chats, and it was a full, no, this isn't working. We were coming, that Aberdeen game was coming up. Mm. There was a big corner returned. And I remember you saying, right, what's going on here? This isn't good enough. And it wasn't. The results weren't in, in Europe. And then he just turned it round incredibly, like no one. The way, and I remember it, like Rangers fan pals and a lot of them were all going, how's Ange Ball getting on? Sarcastic, we, how's Ange Ball? And we didn't really, we couldn't really answer that. The turnaround has been nothing short of incredible. I remember when he got to six points behind, then we got to 
Uh, we were level then that, that game just after another wee lockdown and that, that then look where we are now. I think the, the big thing for me is that he had this um, idea of how he wanted to play and, and he had this philosophy and he, he stuck to it. So there was this period where people were saying he needs to adapt, he needs to change to suit the Scottish game, to suit the players he's got at his disposal and he didn't. He stuck to his guns, he brought in the players he needed and as you say, it clicked. Um, and one of the biggest parts of that, I believe, is Callum McGregor. Now, we've just had the nominations for the Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know that there's more entertaining players, there's flair players, but in terms of a guy taking that captain's armband off of Scott Brown, a bona fide legend, and what he's done, how he's performed this season, how impressed have you been? Incredibly impressed. He is the all-round brilliant player. He doesn't need to do what Scott Brown did. You know, Scott was, you know, he knew how to play them. Uh, you know, like the the, 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 the the stance, the you know, the bullying, the no nonsense. But Callum McGregor doesn't need to do that. He is just a fantastic player. And you're right about Ange, though. It, no, no matter what was happening, he was always going to do it his way. And he came on his own. You no, know, we're going back to you know, like Eddie Howe. He wanted you know the whole. There was there was something like what fifteen twenty. A whole bus. A whole bus. Yep. So it was just, and Ange just came over, nothing, his own man, get on with it, and that's it. But yeah, you're right, McGregor gets my vote too for the player of the year, no question. When when Callum McGregor is, is like, he's always an 8 out of 10 minimum. Mm-hmm. And if he's a 7.5, 8, you're kind of going, he was the only guy there a couple of weeks ago that tried a leg against Rangers, don't care what says he was. And he is Mr Reliable through and through. And he's doing that with an injury that's still yeah. healing, Hi. recuperating from that um, while still playing. The other player, and we've spoken long and hard about this one, is someone who's been written off time and time again. And I was saying the other day there that although I don't want any Celtic players to be unavailable, I'm quite happy that Ralston is going to be playing in the running. What a turnaround in his career at Celtic as well. That's the biggest turnaround. You know how when uh, Rodgers came, there was about four players that he totally turned around. And uh, when O'Neill came as well, you know, Petrov and all that, there was always the players that they, they, that's how you could tell. The Ralston one is nothing short of incredible. There was nobody, I don't care what anybody says, nobody says, oh, I was always behind that boy. They weren't, they weren't. When they signed that contract, they're saying, why are we doing this? Every other, the, the amount of fullbacks that, that, that kept him out of the team, terrible. Mm. I'm not naming names, but John Joe Kenny was awful, right, OK. But you know what I mean? They, they, they weren't, the, the amount that, that was always a better option than that boy. And then we, then the turnaround was just unbelievable. Slowly but surely, he just kept pulling it out of the bag and setting up goals, scoring goals, and his character, incredible. Yep. The, the mental fortitude to be able to go to your work every day, Des, and not be allowed to perform at the weekend and you're training all week, uh, but to do that not just for a few weeks, but for seasons on end under various managers, yep. but to stick with it, I take my hat off to him. Do you think Big Ange has just put his arm around his shoulder and just said to him, right, son, I believe in you. You're the man. You know, and just went, we can do this. You know, and he's just, it looks as though he has. This is about you. I've got faith in you. We can do this. Mm. Get out there. Eye the tiger. No, must have. no preconceptions. No. And because he's turning up and he's his own man, there's people there who also refused to play him in John Kennedy. He, he refused to play Tony Ralston at the end of last yeah. season. And Andrew's obviously just so focused on what he wants to do. So if there's a most improved player of the season, it goes to Tony. Oh, absolutely no question about that. You know, when we we talk about the Celtic way and what that is and the rip-roaring, free-scoring, never-boring copyright Tony Haggerty, Glasgow Celtic, um, we've also had that flair this season and a lot of the newer players uh, like Abada, 
Jota, Kyogo. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you made of these flair players playing the Celtic way? They have been an absolute breath of fresh air, but also they are playing the Celtic way. There was a game a couple of weeks ago against uh, St. Johnson that was probably some of the greatest football mm-hmm. that we've ever seen at Parkhead. And we're not getting carried away here. <laughs> You're watching that game and it was just liquid football, as a great man once said. And they players, I know we all want them, you know, we, we're never happy when Jota shows flashes of brilliance. We're, we want it all the time. If he, you know, if there's a game where he, he, you know, he doesn't have the best game, you're like, oh, he's a dud, the usual. People aren't happy. But those, Kyogo, that move, if, if we can vote, if there is such a category as move of the season, the one where Jota fired the ball up to Kyogo in Europe and he just, the first touch impossibly good mm. and then he finishes it that, if that was Barcelona or any other team they'd be showing it all season it has, it's been something else and that that's the Ange way it's been an absolute breath of fresh air and that is the way he wants us to play isn't it he's got this uh, this ideal yeah. and um, it comes from his dad it comes from Ferenc Puskas yeah. total football that's what he wants to play it suits me the other thing that was a concern is I felt Rangers had a hex on us um, you know the tail end of Neil Lennon's time. Ange comes in, first game against Rangers, they beat us. And that was a big worry for me, but we've overcome it. And we've overcome it with a bit of style as well. We've overcome it, but it was still a decent effort. It wasn't like that, you know, remember the one with Neil Lennon at Parkhead, we didn't even have a shot at goal. Yeah. At least, you know, there was one where, remember, Christie should have squared it and then Kyogo should have, you know, at least it was a, it was a decent enough game. But then look what's happened since. Look at the, the game at the start of February. We cannot argue with that. 3-0 up, you know, in that first half, we absolutely battered them. That is what we want to see. You know, totally committed. Amazing. So, yeah. What's your, what's your take on the fans? I mean, being there that night, the cameraman Kelvin was also there first time at Celtic Park. Really? At that, in that game, game in that game atmosphere, to, to you know? Pick. What did you feel about 60,000 Celtic fans against giving them a, a fair amount of away tickets? What's your thoughts on this? We probably shouldn't be discussing it, but we're in that situation where there's been a bit of to and fro. There's been a few games with no uh, away fans and then cut allocations. What's your take on it? I this? still like it the old-fashioned way. I would like a Rangers end, Rangers fans, to make it, you know, what if you say, say you, you hammered Rangers, would you not want you know, a bit of atmosphere there, them to see that as well. I'm sure I, when they want to be at Ibrox, if we're getting... Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I don't like this, you know, like like 60,000, the total partisan crowd, and it, it, then it's there's, there's all an excuse, well, you know, we weren't there, it was all one-sided, we couldn't cope with the, the, the... It was all just your fans, there was no Rangers fans, and I quite like the idea of seeing, you know, that, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm not... No, I'm not for it at all. Well, I enjoyed the away days. Yeah. I've got to be honest. The old Brimley Road stand, yeah. yep. And, and if you get a result, it, it's fantastic. Or even better, yeah. We go on about the derby, um, and it's worldwide appeal. And certainly I think what would happen is if it starts to affect what is deemed to be one of the best atmospheres in the world, then I'm pretty sure other people will step in, i.e. broadcasters will step yeah. in and, and get the thing sorted. Of course, it wasn't Celtic that started it, but they respond um, I'm also looking towards next season. I'm not counting my chickens, but um, I, I've said this before to you, Des. <laughs> I reckon Celtic are going to win the league. Uh, oh, oh, all oh, right. Oh, it's <laughs> listen listen back to that one. Yeah, absolutely. But then I start thinking straight away, what next? Because I've seen Angie's performance in the transfer windows times two, and it's been tremendous. There's been a few, but that, that always happens. That haven't really kicked on. But largely, his signings have been tremendous. We're going into another 
transfer window, and then we're going to have a tilt at Europe. Um, he has ambitions. As fans, realistically, what should our ambitions be for Celtic? I think, and I'm not getting carried away, that Celtic are now going to be a bit of a decent team. I'm not saying a force in Europe, but I think now with the backing of the fans and the togetherness and Ange, you know, he's making guys like, with all due respect, Ralston, play again. What can he do? Imagine when the European Knights are back and you've got, the, you know, under the floodlights and you've got Ange and they're all playing from. They are all playing from. And he starts, you know, and he's getting he's, more signs come in. I think Celtic can bring that magic back because one thing you needed, it wasn't there before, is to play for that manager. And he's got them all playing for him. So even ordinary players, you know, your Greg Taylors and all these guys have been really playing well lately. Greg Taylor, Carol Starfelt, Abada, these are the whipping boys, you know, and, and you're always going to get that. But guys like that have stepped up to the plate as well. So I think, I think we can have a decent European outfit. And, you know, you're already... It's the, the the Celtic Park's like a twelfth man anyway on a European night. You know, great players from all over the world have said, have said that. But it's going to be even better now, and I think this will suit Ange Tertie. Oh yeah, absolutely. The other player I'm going to mention is um, Yakamakis, and the reason for that is last season I never heard any player coming out being bullish or fully self confidence. Yeah. It was like we just whimpered away by the end of the season Yakamakis comes out and says we've got the best squad we're going to win the league and he gets criticised for that I loved it how, how did you feel when you heard them saying that? Well, why not? Well, you know, he's allowed to say that there's nothing wrong with being a bit confident it's better than saying oh you know we're, we're the underdogs and all that we missed him badly against Rangers you needed him up there to hold the play up and you know a wee bit to give them back a wee bit Celtic get kicked about that game we did and we need, I had no problem with him coming out and saying that you look at all the guys from over the years guys like Brian Clough and all that I'm not saying I'm the best, but I'm in the top one. And all these players, we loved all that. We loved all the, the, the players. Nothing wrong with that at all. Bring it on. I well, that was a... this man here. The gallus nature of several... Gallus. Yeah, exactly. That's the word, eh? That is the word for the, the word gallus was invented to go with this man. Bertie was gallus. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean... Beautiful links, bringing it on to that. Lovely. You look at the, the tunnel at Lisbon. You know, if you didn't have that, is it arrogance? Is it self-belief? Is it a mixture of the both of them? If you didn't have that, then you don't have one of the, the, the fairy tale moments in Celtic history. I was standing there in the tunnel at Lisbon and I'm looking across at Sandro Mazzola. He looked like Omar Sharif. They all looked like film stars. And wee Jinky turned to me and he said, Bertie, they look like movie stars. It's like Hollywood. Look at them. I says, I know, Jinky, but can they play? And that's when I looked at them all and he was right. They had the suntan, they had the white teeth. I'd never seen teeth so white. All their teeth were Ronnie Simpson's bonnet. And then I looked at Big Caesar and he looked magnificent. And that's when my chest was puffed out and I went, oh, join in at home, hail, hail. So there you go. Yeah, he was a man. What is wrong with that? When you look back at the sporting... Champions like Muhammad Ali and all that was he a modest man? Exactly, not at all. No, you're right. So big Jackie Mackey, spot on. Aye, and I remember when he said it. People again, maybe last season is you know uh, damaged some people's confidence a wee bit. But I thought, no, that's great. I wish we had more characters like him last season. We're now talking about Bertie. You had the great honour of meeting the man many times. I was telling you a story there in a pub in East End, <laughs> the Ranza Bar in Black Hill. 
and I was there for the opening of the new window in the Ranza. I didn't have one, and me, Bertie, and Frank McAvenny were there at a wee charity night. On a, is on a the window night. still there? The window is, I think they've actually got a new, improved, double glazed uh, window, genuinely. And Bertie, that's a great window, that. What is it? Is it magnet? So, no, this, this is the thing I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain. It was there at a charity night in Black Hill, right? You know, the, the, the East End. And uh, th- so I met him doing a gig there, and then I met him at the other end of the spectrum in Vegas. So I was doing a gig for the Celtic convention in Vegas. Nice gig to get. The first guy to come up to me was the bold Bertie. See, that was magnificent up there, son. See, when you were up there doing your Billy Connolly and all your Sylvester Stallone, I love all that. See that? You have the ability to entertain. And as we all know, Bertie loved entertainment. So he was the first guy to say this, what you were doing up there was amazing, it was magnificent. And I'm thinking, this is a legend, this is a Lisbon line. Mm. I thought, gee, my dad will be, oh my God. And uh, then I'm sitting next to him on the plane for 10 hours and he's regaling me with all the stories about him and wee Jinky doing this and Celtic and Big Billy was doing that and Jock. And this was like a competition one. He was sitting there and he was just amazing to listen to. He said, you know, the bull Bertie, every syllable's a prisoner. And we were sitting there and that's when Big Tiny Walton, he was having a shocker. He came running over towards me with no great pace, I hasten to add. And, he, and I said, Mr. Walton, if I called you... Anyway, you know the stories, right? <laughs> we don't swear on this anymore, do we? You can swear. Bertie, but Bertie's allowed to swear. Of course, yes. It's like poetry with Bertie. Bertie and Billy Conley are allowed to swear. There's no... you know. And Anyway, that, that story about, uh, about Tiny Walton is a very, very famous story. But Bertie told me all these stories and a lot... I had the director's cut, you know, on the, on the plane. All these stories are a lot more for 10 hours. And he said, you don't, you do me. I went, oh, no, no. I says, you know, and then it's funny how things work out. We're now doing Bend at Liberty, a tour, uh, a homage and a tribute to the great man. So it's incredible. But yes, he was gallus. No he question. definitely gallus. The thing as well, uh, you were talking about Scottish bands earlier. Gunn had a, an album called Gallus with Benny Lynch yeah, on it yeah. as well. Uh, but when I think of Bertie and I think of the Celtic Tunnel and folklore and fairy tale, don't you think we should rename the Celtic Tunnel after the great man? That's a no-brainer. That's a given. I don't know why it's not been done yet. Definitely the tunnel. That is a big story in it when he started singing in the tunnel. Why not? That would be perfect. Yeah. And I've got to say thank you, Tony Haggerty, for that suggestion. Was it Tony's? Yes. So that's two of Tony's today that we're out. <laughs> you already loved Bertie. Yeah. You, you loved him. And then you come in a, uh, contact with Jim Orr, who many people in a Celtic state of mind will be very familiar with. He's a regular contributor, and we know that he's done various plays in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone who hasn't watched our last discussion around the original uh, show in Zabendit Like Bertie, tell us a wee bit about how you came into contact with Jim and how he pitched this to you. I went to see Bend at Brat back. A few, a few of your viewers have probably seen that. It was a brilliant. I, I kept missing it. I was always working. All that I was always on at the night and in, in the evening. I'm doing stand up comedy, so it was on one. It was a final. I think it was a, one of the final showings, and it was in uh, Gracie's Irish Bar. So it was more of an intimate uh, viewing that night, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant. It just showed you how mad that season was, you know, stopping the, the 10. Oh, and you were actually, st- your heart was still going, leaving, going, oh, thank God we done that. That could have, you know, losing the first two games and all that. And even my wife, who's not into football, was saying, God, that was some season, wasn't it? I mean, that was up and doing, up and doing. It was. Wasn't it good for the old blood pressure that season? So then uh, we got we got talking and he was telling me he was going to do another another play. And by the way, 
we were talking about lockdown earlier on. Jim was my human podcast during lockdown. I would phone him up, he would phone me up, and he would just talk. He'll probably say I, I, I was the same, right? But it was, and, and we talked for an hour, two hours, and he would, I've got this idea. And he says, I'm going to be writing another play. And he says, and Betty Old's going to be in it. So during lockdown, it gave me something to do. So I went and practiced my Betty and I was watching all the YouTube and all that. And you have the ability to entertain if you could enter. And I just went over it and over it and over it. And then I, I phoned him up and left a big message and he phoned me back and he went, right, you're... Bertie's in the play, and you're Bertie, and it, it gave you know a wee. So, it, and it, it was on. It was on this as well. Death by a thousand cuts. So that gave us something to focus on uh, during lockdown, and it, it, it just I, I couldn't believe lockdown was weird. You know how long it was, and, and then I didn't. When I looked back, I said to Jim, "God, you we messaged one now about four, 2018, 2019, something like that," and you don't realise that lockdown just flew by, and then just out of lockdown we came out and we we went to Webster's which was all sold out four shows a wee matinee on a Saturday afternoon and it was it was just brilliant to come out and do any gig I was doing beer garden gigs and Zoom gigs but to come out and do 260 people all Celtic fans I'll never forget walking out the old heart was oh, absolutely racing because it, it's not like just going out and doing a stand up comedy gig where I can just say anything and nobody else knows what's on going on in my head I had to go out there and it's a legend, a real legend. You know, the word legend is bandied about too cheaply. Barely old. And it was all Celtic fans. And I remember standing there and I'm waiting to go on and there's the 60s soundtracks playing. Absolutely brilliant soundtrack as well. And then there was, I, I just, I was standing there and there was all these latecomers and I went, hey, hey, what's going on? Can I get you anything? Like maybe I can watch. Right, and then I just started in Bertie mode, the way Bertie would have just started heckling people and starting talking to the audience. And it worked a treat, and I thought, that that's it. And then they were all laughing away, and it was just like Bertie standing, busking with him, having a laugh with him, joking. So it was uh, it was brilliant. And yes, it's you're playing a legend, but it's also great fun. Bertie was just... Billy Conley said Bertie Old would have been a stand-up comedian. And he was. He was a brilliant stand-up comedian. His timing was unbelievable. He walked into a room, he would slag everybody off in a good way. It would just The whole room would just light up. Bertie was there. And when you're going out there and you're having a laugh, I'm thinking... Bertie would have Bertie would have enjoyed that. Bertie loved the impersonations as well. He really loved the impersonations. He loved Do your Billy Conley again, son. That was magnificent. Do that. And then his son came along when we were down at Greenock in the, the Beacon. Uh, very, very emotional night that night. Bertie died sadly the next day and Robert his son was there and they had to leave early. So that was a, a hell of a weekend. But now, you know, it's we're uh, we were at the launch of the, the Bertie Legacy, the 10.30, the Bertie yeah. at 10.30 in the morning. Um, I turned up, I was going to a wedding after, I was more like Hugh Grant than, than Bertie Old, and I, I was doing about 10 minutes as Bertie and a few of his funny stories there. So, but Robert, his son, was right behind it and he says, good luck with it and all that, so that, that's what you want. And he was happy, he said, oh, you've you've nailed him, you've got him down to a tea and all that, and I thought, oh, that's that's nice, you know. So it's, it's just great, it's great fun to do, and that's where you've got to look at it. It's just great, great buzz, great cast. Great play, brilliant play, you know, so... You mentioned there about Billy Connolly um, and how Bertie could be a comedian. Uh-huh. We've already discussed he could have also been a gangster <laughs> in Scorsese's <laughs> movies. You're obsessed with this. <laughs> Do you know what? You came out with this. I don't know what goes on in your mind, sir. But you were right. It got some laugh the last time. We were talking about how he could... When there was a certain photograph that, that Jim Orr held up 
and it was a photo of Bertie, and he did. You, you says he could be, you know, Bertie the Hatchet Old or Bertie the Bad, you know. And you're right, he, he just looked, and you could imagine Bertie being on, you know, when Bertie went to Birmingham, and you could imagine Bertie being a peaky blinder. I know. You know, walking yep. about, Arthur, Arthor, we're going to see a man. A man called Bertie. Bertie old. I'll rip his head off, Tommy. I'll rip his friggin' head off, Tommy. So what's this you're saying, guys? What's this you're saying? Eh? Carry on. Peaky blinders. I'll, I'll crack your jaw, you pair of in half with you. Carry on, so it is. Listen, it was magnificent. See, tonight, when you battered that boy, good. But it's no finish yet. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make him an offer that he couldn't refuse, right? He's going to end up with a horse's seed in his bed. Simple as that. Big jock sorted. No, but you were right. And we were doing all that the last time we were on, in case you missed it. It was, it was funny with our... Hey, you know, hey, this guy, you know, this guy, Bert, you know, this guy's a Lisbon line. What the fuck's a Lisbon line? He's a Lisbon line, you know, then I'm a Lisbon line, son. Listen, I'll tell you another thing. See your De Niro and your, your pets, you know that. I'll batter... F- no, sorry. <laughs> so, I know what you mean, though. He does have that pure gallus gangster, you know, the 60s. The, 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 he could have been a pal of the craze. Oh, yeah. He could have, you could see yeah. the craze sitting going, all right, Bertie, you got you got to sort this out for his mate. You know, and, and uh, Bertie going, I'll, I'll deal with it, son. I'll deal with it. I had a word with him. Carry on. So, uh, yeah, he has... He has he's, he's, He's all things, isn't he, to all men? He's some man. Oh, unbelievable. Listen, see when we lose anybody in the, the Celtic family, uh, and particularly, you know, the Lisbon lines, um, because I I think back to when I was a kid, getting introduced to going to the games, these guys are superheroes. And then as you get a wee bit older, you realise that, you know, they're, they're getting old and they start passing away. I always think about statues because we've got a few mm-hmm. unbelievable statues. Um, and I think that, Every Lisbon line, you know, deserves mm-hmm. a statue. Um, and I don't know if, if they should all be up at Celtic Park this, or they should be somewhere else that's synonymous with the individual. Uh, but somebody like Bertie Old, you need to have a statue up at the park, surely. I know it's up for debate, but I think Bertie Old is the greatest ever sell. Just because, and, you know, Billy McNeil's a legend, of course, he has Big Caesar and all that, but Bertie, he was such an amazing ambassador for Celtic. He, he would stop and talk to everybody and uh, he was a force of nature and it's not easy you know and he was getting on but he was still you know wherever there was an opening of anything Bertie was there <laughs> he was working in Bert's bar just to talk to the punters and all that you know and yeah the, he was to me Mr Celtic he loved the club he loved the fans he, he just was such a, a lovely guy engaging gallus funny yeah there, there's got to be a statue of Bertie and uh, I could just see it with the way you know that one the Leeds United he's got oh, a wee hat on I know you know, the wee cigar and the hat. You know, that was that that's the one. That that epitomizes gallusness, doesn't it? Just that would be an amazing statue. You know, you wouldn't mind getting a wee photograph of that, you know. There's some amazing images from that, that era. If you think about that one of Bertie, the one he wee jinky after Real Madrid with the oh, football in his holding hand. The, holding yeah, the ball. Like, no, that's cocky, isn't it? I know. Is, is that allowed? It's We're talking about holding the world big, in your hand almost. Big, big Jackie, you know, yeah. no, we weren't happy with him saying that. What, what's happened, you know? So Nah, we need a wee bit of that. But back Bruni in. was bold. Yeah. Really, really bold, you know. Absolutely. So I don't know what happened there. Now, you've had a success, and I think a big part of that would be for a member of Bertie Old's family to say, you've nailed it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, again, Jim, as he does, it's on to what do we do next? And we've got this unbelievable tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a wee bit more about the tour and where you're going to be visiting. Right, we're starting off at... Uh the spiritual home of Bendit Liberty, which has got its Webster's in the, the West End. It was a, a cracking theatre. 
um, right in the middle of Great Western Road. So that's where we came out of lockdown the last time and we had four brilliant nights there. Brilliant. And uh, so that, that was a nice one. Three nights in a wee mat and, eat, and it was just amazing. So we're going back there for three nights and then we head to Motherwell Theatre, which there's only, I think there's only about 10 tickets left or something as we speak right now. So we, we go to Motherwell that, and that'll kind of cover everybody, all your Coatbridge, you know, all your Lanarkshire mob. And then we're away to Kilbarkin and Paisley because we didn't have anywhere in Paisley and Kilbarkin Memorial Hall. That's just a, a village there. And uh, then we're off to the... Cor- oh, we're off to Oban. Uh, sunny Oban after that. Uh, then we're off to Dundee, which is selling incredibly well. Dundee. So they're, they're all going for it. Uh, then it's through your neck of the woods, which is uh, Lothian, Bathgate and Livingston... And then, this is great, I'm getting to plug all these. Then Gifnock, the posh end of Glasgow, which is almost sold out as well. There's not a lot. Rothes Halls, Glen Rothes, Eden Court up in Inverness. And then it's uh, Dunoon, which will be great. Falkirk, the Brunton in Musselburgh, and the beautiful Tivoli in Aberdeen. You should see this. What a way to end. It lo- honestly, it looks like the Sistine Chapel. The Tivoli Theatre in Aberdeen. Beautiful way to end the, the, the that, tour. That's an that's, incredible tour. That's a brilliant tour. But by the way, people... I was on radio yesterday and they were saying, oh, you know, is it just going to be Glasgow punters that want to go to you know that? Aberdeen's selling really well. You know, there's going to be Celtic fans everywhere, obviously. It's a, it's a massive brand. So this is... I love the idea of going roundabout, whether it's Dunoon, Oban, you know, uh, Aberdeen, mm. Livingston, doesn't matter where. I just love different areas, you know, uh, right across the board, seeing this show. But it's, it is an absolute emotional roller coaster. It was already quite. It was already kind of a uh, emotional before Bertie passed away. But see now, Jim Orr has made it. There won't be a dry eye in the house. There's a there's a wee moment at the end which I find it very hard when Bertie just talks about. You know, I won't give anything away, but it's a very very. It's up and down, up and down. Very very funny, hysterical, but very sad in places as well. So it's the kind of thing you could take your mum along to, and she'll love it. Great well, 60 soundtrack too. That, that's right up my street. Now, the thing is, Des, you spent a, an aeroplane journey to, to Vegas. Could this go to Vegas? Well, it's already been asked to go to Vegas. There you go. And uh, it, that would be fitting because Bertie was Mr Vegas. Mm-hmm. Bertie would get up in Vegas and sing a song, tell a few jokes. He loved it because, as you said before, the gangster thing, you could see Bertie sitting in Vegas. <laughs> hey, you, sorry, I'm late, Mr Ald. You know, you know we got to... You should have been here at half six, King Diddy. Right, get me, get him, fix him in Manhattan. Right, you know what am I? <laughs> so, so, no, but you could. I can't get that out of my head now. So, yes, we're going to be going to Vegas. And uh, also, we were meant to be going to New York. It all happened so quick. And it was like, we're going to Vegas. We're going to New York. We're going to Toronto. And we were like, right, okay. Hod my horses, right? And then, so, the guy who organised Vegas, he's probably going to be watching. He says, if, you'd have, if I'd have known about this six months ago, it being Vegas this year, let's do it the next time and we'll do it all, you know. But we were all so, we're taking this around the world. Vegas would be perfect for us because Bertie, he loved going to Vegas. Mm. And as I say, when I was over there, Bertie was, he was always the first guy in the morning standing around about the pool and he was, he was just, for him to come up to me after the gig and go, that was magnificent, son. I thought, what a guy. Oh, Didn't he need to do that? What, what a guy. Always, always full of encouragement. Now, hopefully it goes to Vegas, but the next time you're on here, Hopefully we're looking back on a title win in Des McLean. It's always a pleasure to invite you into the studio. Thank you so much for joining us on Celtic State of Mind. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you.
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.